Welcome to Faith Football, friends. I'm Chris Elrod here with the chill Forrest Animaceris and the hipster Cole Parsley. We are here to talk about the 2020 draft. We're going to kind of give our take on what happened, uh, how we feel about what our teams did, and how we feel about what uh, some other teams did, and kind of um, some big awe moments. So, but to get started talking about the draft, let's first talk about how it was all virtual. And, uh, you know, it wasn't in a set location, but everyone was kind of social distancing throughout the draft. So, Cole, why don't you give us your take? Yeah, I thought it was cool. Two specific scenarios really jumped out at me. The first was Mike Vrabel. He seems to always be trolling. I remember Tom Brady and Julian Edelman being at a basketball game, and Mike Vrabel FaceTimes them, and this is right in the midst of – is Tom Brady going to go to the Titans? Mike Vrabel being the head coach of the Titans. Well, Mike Vrabel's in his draft living room, so to speak, and he's got a bunch of trolls in the background wearing just the weirdest clothing I've ever seen. I guess it was his kids. And then a story actually broke out. If you zoom in on his door, you see the reflection of what appears to be someone on the toilet. I'm not joking. <laughs> Look it up. I mean, of course, there's no nudity, but Mike Rabel is a troll. The second one was Bill Belichick. He has this awesome moment with his dog, and he's just so nonchalant, and we can talk more about that later. Anyways. You've got to talk about, though, the guy on his yacht, the Cowboys owner. What's his name? I can't think of his name. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. That's the one. He was on a yacht drafting yeah. players from a yacht. Yeah. Now that's the life. Absolutely. And then Cliff, uh, Cliff, what is his name? Kingsbury or whatever, the head coach from the Arizona Cardinals and his like crazy mansion with like the fire raging in the background. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. But the whole thing creeped me out because I started thinking, do they know when their camera is on and like their feed is being streamed to ESPN? Like, are, do they get a heads up on that? Probably not. Like they obviously they assume that when it's their pick they're on, but there's sometimes they would like cut back to people and they were just sitting there awkwardly not knowing that they were on ESPN being watched by 200 million people. That made me feel a little uncomfortable. Like I felt like I was like <laughs> spying on people. Um, and then another thing that creeped me out is they kept calling it the first ever virtual draft. I'm like, is there going to be a second one? Like, the way they were, like, commemorating it just, mm. like, weirded me out. I was like, is this the plan for next year, too? Like, do they know something we don't, you know? Ooh, not to yeah. be conspiracy theorists. Nah, it was just weird. you're being a conspiracy theorist, bro. Well, I guess, like, the possibility is out there. You know what I mean? Like, I see what you're saying, like, with the perceived knowledge that, yeah, hey, this is definitely going to happen again. But, like, the the possibility right. does stand that it could happen again. Yeah, just the way they said that, like, was just weird to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that is good. I can confirm what uh, Cole said about Mike Rabel and uh, they his whole that whole situation. His family was wearing some very odd clothes, and uh, there is someone in the background who seems to be uh, sitting on the commode with the door open. So um, that's classy right there. That's classy. And he was chewing tobacco. Let's not forget about that. Oh yeah, he was. So he's, he's chewing tobacco. He's spitting into a cup, bro. He's oh, is he really? Tobacco. Yes. The first time they showed him on night one into a white styrofoam cup. So he's chewing tobacco. Two, I guess okay. his sons. Good. One is there. One of his sons is there with a red mullet. And a huge mustache. And yeah, and yeah, and he's and he's wearing his dad's like Pro Bowl jersey or whatever. The other son's there in a Titans <laughs> morph suit, and they're both just standing there like bodyguards. <laughs> Plus the reflection of somebody in the toilet. Like, that's amazing. But then the next day, did you see nobody was in there but him? Yeah. He was like, it was like repentance. He was like, okay. I think he got in trouble. Somebody told him, like, hey, probably maybe the GM. I don't know. Somebody told him, like, hey, this is a bad look. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Like, it looked like they were having fun, though, you know? Like, that's... Maybe it was the owner. Yeah, I don't know. But somebody the was, on like... the commode. Okay. May maybe it was just, but... we did it the first night, the hype's over, second night, whatever. I hope it was that and not somebody getting onto him. Yeah, me too. I doubt I doubt someone got into him. Well, okay, I I do think that's actually very plausible, but I feel like to some degree, like the hype had just kind of died down. You know, it wouldn't have been fun to do two nights in a row. 
Mm-hmm. You know, one night, yeah, okay, it's fun, it's funny, we're getting a lot of attention. And then, like, the second night, like, you'd either have to, like, you'd have to, like, top it, you know, if you were going to mm-hmm. do it again. And that's kind of just a little ridiculous. Um, but someone very well could have said, hey, let's cut it out. Um, but, I don't know, it was very interesting. I hope that we don't have to do it again. I hope that this is the last uh, virtual draft. They did announce that next year um, they're planning on having it in Las Vegas. So kudos to uh, Nevada for getting to host the draft. Um, and yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. And it was neat getting to see in people's homes. Like the commissioner, he had three TVs. I don't know if anyone else thought that was kind of cool and unique. Uh, at least in my house, we don't have three TVs in one room. Um, but hey, if you're the NFL commissioner, kudos to you. You know, watch all all the games at one time that are broadcasting it. Do so, whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Basically, yeah. Um, the booing that was funny too. That was the best part. I forgot about that. That was. You always, you I didn't always see gotta that. boo. You always got to boo the commissioner, man. What do you What do yeah. you mean the booing? He they had. Booed. At the beginning of the draft, that's right, because Cole was Cole missed the first part of the draft because of something. I don't remember what was going on, but he was late because we were gonna all watch it together. And yeah. then Cole wasn't there. He was just kind of mysteriously absent. Yeah. Maybe there was a middle-aged woman got her trailer stuck in his muddy septic tank yard. I don't know. <laughs> what day was the draft? Thursday. Yeah, it started on Thursday. First round was Thursday. Yeah, I don't know. So, um. Yeah, the booing was great. My favorite part about the booing, though, was Michael Strahan. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. From uh, He was a Giants linebacker, I think. But then he uh, is now on Good Morning America. And he was on the Live with uh, Kelly and Michael show. And now it's the Live with Kelly and Ryan. But um, that You know was... everything about this guy? Yeah, I'm a fan of Michael. <laughs> his, whole by, of his, Michael. Whole, his whole resume, dude. Yeah. Every show he's ever appeared on. He's got like a good midday or a good late morning show as well. <laughs> it's like a it's like a Good Morning America part two that comes on like after the view, I think, around like eleven. Yeah. Wow. Like good afternoon, America, or something. I don't know what it's called, but he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. This reminds me, have you He has heard? his own line of suits too, actually. So. I'm getting this name wrong, but there's something called like regretful passions. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> guilty <laughs> pleasures. Guilty pleasures. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chris's guilty pleasure oh, is watching Michael Strahan. From now on, we have to call guilty pleasures <laughs> regretful <laughs> passions. <laughs> The episode name should be Regretful Passions. <laughs> the one with regretful passions. Oh, man. Guilty pleasure. Oh, my lungs are oh, bleeding, God. bro. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of lungs breathing. All right. I ran the other day. I ran an 830 mile. I was proud of that simply because I had not run a mile in a long time. And so that's pretty good for first mile in a while. But I did. I felt like my lungs were bleeding. Yeah, they probably and... actually were. That's a thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, remember, dude, I, I remembered. I remembered talking to Cole after our intramural basketball game. We were on the same team. We left the gym, and Cole literally thought like he was dying. He goes, "Oh no, I think my lungs are bleeding." <laughs> he was like panting. <laughs> he literally thought he was like dying. I remember this. And his lungs uh, were breathing or bleeding. 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 Cole's and regretful was... passion is looking up random useless medical data online. Yeah. Okay. So my regretful passion is this. When y'all remember when we were discussing the corona and y'all sent me a message like, I think I have it because anytime you think about your breathing, your breathing feels messed up. Yeah. Well, I, I learned in seventh grade science class, I remember it, that when you run and you haven't ran in a long time, your lungs expand past what they're used to and they bleed. So you can actually taste blood after running a long time. Well, you don't tell somebody that because the rest of their life, every time they run, they're going to be like me after the basketball game. <gasps> I'm dying. <laughs> Some information you just can't handle. Yes. One of them is if you run – and that's such that's such a – I mean, it demotivates you from ever running again. 
because you're like, man, I want to start running, but I don't want my lungs to bleed, so maybe I'll just stay home. Right, because that's not an enjoyable experience. Mm. No, and I, I'm glad you say that, because I feel like I've experienced that. We kind of taste, I thought it was just, you know, I don't know, okay. it was in my mind or something. Okay, but Emily says that's baloney. Like, oh, oh well, well, what is she, a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> She's like three tests away. So There's no uh, way. Your college-trained nurse fiancé knows more about lungs than seventh-grade Cole, okay? <laughs> For real. Like, what What in the yeah. world? Well, and again, you know, I mean, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong here. I'm just saying uh, it stands to reason that we might need to look into that a little bit more. Well, just remember, Cole did study nutrition at Tennessee Tech, and he could have been a chef. He could have been a chef. That's true. So that, that, that factors into this. I am never wrong concerning anything. That's what, I love about, that's what I love about Cole, because that was just like we were just talking one day about nutrition and dieting and stuff. And he was like talking about how close he was to having his nutrition degree at TTU, Tennessee Tech University. And uh, he then just like blurts out and informs us, I could have been a chef. And it's like, whoa, 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 what? Of all the places <laughs> to go with a nutrition degree. Right, exactly. Chef. But it was great. It was hilarious. Okay. And I will never forget that. Fun fact, according to Google, blood tastes like metal because of its iron content. Some studies also show that intense exercise can increase, increase pressure on the lungs, which allows red blood cells to leak into air sacs, possibly causing that metallic taste. There you have it, folks. So it's not necessarily that your lungs are bleeding. Red blood cells are leaking into your air sacs. <laughs> But the taste does have a foundation, and it is blood-related, so I think you get half of a point. Yeah, and Emily had some sort of explanation for it. I don't remember what it was, but she did have some sort of explanation. Em Emily's more true than Google, Cole. That's what we're learning here. Uh, I, I think she probably was referring to that. I probably. Don't I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Emily, if, if, you, if you're listening to this, just email us what you were talking about at faithfootballfriends at gmail.com. Or if anyone else is listening who happens to be a doctor, nurse, or nurse practitioner, or some other sort of medical expert. Or please. nutrition major. Yeah, or chef. <laughs> if you're a chef, please inform us of uh, what happens whenever you run for the first time in a long time. And um, educate us. Thank you. Even though Cole just looked it up at Google. Appreciate it. Google's yeah. never wrong either. <laughs> That reminds me of that French model commercial. You know what I'm talking about? Like, dude, like, it's like an insurance commercial. I think this is uh, a religious no, podcast. No, I have VidAngel. Sorry. I've never seen that commercial. <laughs> Wait, I'm now confused. I don't know what I said that would <laughs> make you think VidAngel would block out this uh, commercial. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. But Just what does what happened in the commercial? Please, the I'm commercial, dying to know. <laughs> the commercial, it's like uh, somebody is like talking about how cheap their insurance is, and that it is like not true. And this girl goes, "Well, where'd you hear that?" And she goes, "The internet." And she's like, "Oh, so you believe everything you hear from the internet?" And she's like, "Yeah, the internet's always true." And then like this guy walks up that she met online. And it's like, hey, you're the French model, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, bonjour. And like, he's like super not. I remember French. that. It's like so he's like five. He's like five five. Yeah. Okay, I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That, no, that was a funny commercial. I don't know his height, but yeah. No, he was tall, but he was like <laughs> overweight, kind of not really that attractive. Mm. Obviously, didn't speak French. Yeah. Speaking of Google, have you ever gone to the second page of a Google search? Yes. Rarely. I was Chris said yes young. so quickly. You do that often? No. No, okay. but I used to do it often. You yeah. only do that when you're desperate. Before you really knew what Google was. Remember the I'm feeling lucky button? What the heck was that? <laughs> yeah. What okay. was that? So I know I what know. that is. It You click that and it takes you to the first link in the Google search. Uh... No questions asked. <laughs> Yeah, they got rid of it though, didn't weird. they? It's not still there. I just remember my teacher, like in kindergarten, saying, "Never press this. This isn't what you want." 
kindergarten it's... teaching the internet and Google? Bro, we were on Max. Hey, Listen, I went to a progressive. We were in Colorado. I went to progressive elementary school in Denver, Colorado. We were on Max surfing the web in kindergarten, man. I'm telling you. Dude, you know what? I'm actually proud of your teachers because I'm pretty sure at that point in time in the South, everybody was like, we can't have computers. And y'all did that. And it, it was actually a good thing. So. No, it's kind of a good thing, you know. I, I it's like there's sure. well, some churches are like you shouldn't even like you can't have your Bible on like an iPad or like a phone. Right. You've never heard that? No. Yeah, I've heard that. I yeah. mean, it, they have a point though. The apostles wrote on uh, our books, you know, our Bibles. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's with, true. With a typewriter. <laughs> with a, with a printer. Yeah. Uh, Paul's like, hey, Timothy, could you bring me some more HP LaserJet ink? I'm running a little <laughs> bit low. <laughs> you, know, you know what actually happened? They had to go kill a cow and ride on the cow. That's what actually <laughs> that's happened. actually what happened. I know. That's rough, man. They had to kill a cow. Skin it. Yeah. Take the skin. Scrape the hair off. Hang the skin out to dry. And then ride on it. That's so pretty think gnarly. about so did what Paul write was that important to him? Well, you betcha, because he he had to kill a cow, so you could have I, God's word available. I'm wow. pretty sure Paul wasn't the one doing the killing of the cows. He probably just bought it in the market. Yeah, or had someone else buy it. But a cow did have to die, Chris. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, a cow had to die. Cows still have to die. For me to eat my supper tonight, cows gonna have to die. But all I'm saying is. Dead cow on the outside. Yeah. Fake dead cow on the outside. Nice. That's the best kind. Yeah, man. $11 Bible. Um, okay. $11 so, vegan Bible. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Which I feel like now that you mention it, I could probably sell it for like 22 Yeah. Make it's $11. a vegan, organic vegan Bible. Yeah. That sounds uh, like a plan. So the NFL draft... That happened, and we were uh, talking about that, and then cows had to die. Um, not really sure how we got there. For but... the football pigskin. Uh, wait, it's called a pigskin. I'm confused. It's actually human skin. Okay. The last guy drafted in the previous year's draft. Gets <laughs> <Can> sacrificed. <laughs> <laughs> he gets turned into all the footballs for the next season. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> What's his uh, mystery irrelevant? Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. Oh man. We're on to your scheme, Goodell. Okay? We're coming for you. <laughs> Dude, I wonder how many people seriously. just turned off our podcast. I'm going with at least two. No, there's no way. <laughs> All right. So, Cole. Um, what are your thoughts concerning the draft, the actual draft? Okay. So what I like about the draft is obviously coming from a Titans fan. I like that John Robinson, the greatest GM to ever live, not named Bill Belichick. And notice that I'm claiming Bill Belichick is the GM. I think he runs things in, in that organization. Anyways, we simultaneously took the best player available and filled our need in our two our first two draft picks. We needed a offensive lineman because Conklin left, and we needed a corner because Logan Ryan left, or at least we're assuming we're not going to sign him back. But I also like that the tackle we took was not good at pass blocking, and I know that's a weird statement to make. The tackle we took is not good at pass blocking, but he is absolutely amazing at run blocking. And that's cool to me because when I look at Titans last year, especially against the Chiefs, what we noticed is all of a sudden our O-line looked terrible. Why did they look terrible? Because all of a sudden we can't run block anymore. And if you notice, we were only good in the pass game because the pressure wasn't there. But the pressure wasn't there because we were running things like play action, which slows down the blitz. And a defense generally, a D-line especially, you can't rush the quarterback. You can't have that mentality and also stop the run because now your lanes and the way you attack after the ball snapped are have to be completely different or you'll run, run past uh, Derrick Henry, so to speak. So 
it's like if our run game's good enough and this tackle, if he's good enough at run blocking, then all of a sudden we have a good pass blocking offensive line, even though that's actually not their forte. I loved that. I love that pick. It's a bold pick for sure. I never, I never would have got that from that at all. So I'm really glad you broke that down like that. Cause I never like what, um, that's cool, man. Cause I just see tackle and I'm like, okay, great. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that'll help with the run game. Hopefully it's worth mentioning that I coached offensive line at a middle school level. <laughs> so I kind of, that's and I was an offensive lineman. <laughs> so while most people just see linemen, a big, big chunk of meat down there puts his hand in the dirt. I, I guess I know a little bit more. X's and O's. Makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It really does. Uh, yeah, I had, I've heard some speculation as to whether or not this guy was going to be fast enough though, um, at his size and everything to kind of get all the zone blocks that we typically run and everything. Um, do you think that'll be a problem or do you think he'll be able to get into, get into shape? The cool thing is if he's not fast enough, he can play guard. Guard is like not as hard as tackle at all. Right. He could play guard, and uh, we could keep Dennis Kelly in at tackle. Be serviceable. Gotcha. And if he is fast enough, put him at tight end. Know what I mean? Um. Yeah. Not okay. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but maybe. Um. I think we do need a tight end now. I think like they're wanting. Well, not probably not actually. Our tight end production's been good. Um. But. I really like the cornerback we picked. Uh, I think he'll be a good fit. Um, I'm excited about him. I'm also super excited about what position is it? Running back. Yeah, the running back that we got. Uh, I'm excited about it because he's a speedster, and I like fast. And like, like I love seeing Derrick Henry run people over and like stiff arm people to the ground and everything. But like, I do miss like the elusiveness. Uh, and so I'm hoping that he can bring some of that elusiveness back to Tennessee that we saw um, back in the days of Chris Johnson. But I do have to like remind myself that he's not Chris Johnson. That like, He's not going to be the fastest guy in the league. He's just going to be, you know, quick, you know, quicker than Derrick Henry, probably, you know, not that power back, but still um, effective with his speed. So I think it'll be uh, fun to see how he develops and how he gets used. And I think he'll be an automatic contributor because Deion Lewis is going elsewhere and uh, Derek Henry doesn't play a big active part in the pass catching game. And so I'm excited to see uh, how we use him on third downs, um, his effectiveness, uh, maybe get some speed option going, see him and Derek Henry in the backfield at the same time, uh, either in a double halfback look or uh, seeing Kim on Derek Henry's sip when Derek Henry's at Wildcat. You know, I think there's a lot of cool possibility there. Get us some speed option going. You know, who you you gonna try to take down Derek Henry? If Derek Henry doesn't think he can run you through run through you, he's just gonna pitch the ball out to uh, Speedy McSpigster and take off. So I'm excited about that. I think it'll bring a lot of uh, diversity to the Titans team. And then I don't know what it is about the Titans and Hawaiian quarterbacks. This guy's not Hawaiian, but he went to the University of Hawaii. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he develops. You know, is this, you know, someone who we think can develop into the guy down the road, you know, um, in three years? Or is this someone just to um, look pretty and help out the help out the practice squad? You know, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's like the backup this year or if he will just be a backup as well. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. Mm-hmm. I guess never say never. Uh, look at Tom Brady. but Right, exactly. But because we're the Patriots copycat, mm. I feel like there's a chance that this guy could be good. And he kind of like has a Tom Brady look about him. He kind of got like the long hair, like, like looks like models. he really enjoyed Speaking his of time. models, you know, this episode, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's, he's a got that model, sunshine, so. sunshine look. He's got a good name, too. I really like his name. Uh, yeah. Cole what? McDonald. Oh, Cole McDonald. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I couldn't remember his name. What's the running yes. back's name? 
right. You already you already said it. Speedy McSpeedster. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's that's what he'll be nicknamed. Darrington Evans, that's his name. From mm. Appalachia. Appalachia State. Appalachia nice. State. How do you say that? Appalachian? Appalachian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're saying good to me. Appalachian. 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 Is that legit? I'm I think so it's confused. Appalachia. You know Appalachia. when you see you know when you type a word? Because we're in the 21st century, you type a word and you know it's spelled correctly, but it looks so wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, happening to me right now in the way this word sounds. Appalachian. I just saw a meme about it. That's why I'm upset. And because the meme exposed the way I usually pronounce it was incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember the meme, so we're out of luck. I think Cole's right. I think it's Appalachian State. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. What about you, Force? Glad we could settle that. Um, so the Broncos. We're talking about the Broncos for a little bit. Broncos are um, they okay? So they had ten picks in the draft, which is a lot. They quite a um, few. Quite a few. They, I mean, good. It's nearly an entire offense or defense. You know, what I mean, That's or true. special teams. Like you have eleven people on the field at, the, at one time. Like they could have nearly drafted an entire field unit yeah (laughs) well and they they had 10 draft picks and they signed seven free agents undrafted free agents wow so they got 17 players out of college wow yeah which is crazy um yeah and they're filling some big needs uh we got some wide receivers we have the tight we got the tight end that our quarterback that we picked last year they went to the same school they both went to missouri so they already have a rapport he's already thrown touchdowns to him and all this other stuff so they're That's good. Cool. But, the, but the big thing for me is last year we had the fifth pick in the draft last season, 2019 draft, and we traded it to the Steelers for three picks and two last draft, one this draft. The Steelers picked Devin Bush, who's a linebacker out of Michigan, talented player. But we got with those three picks, we traded one pick for we got Drew Locke, our starting quarterback, Noah Fant, who was the best tight end of last year's draft. And then center uh, Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU, who people were saying was the MVP of the LSU championship team. Like they were like people were like blown away by how good this guy was. And as you guys both know, but especially Cole with the whole offensive line background, a center is like the quarterback of the O line, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the one yeah. who calls the shots pretty much. Isn't that what you played, yeah. Cole? When you play yeah. center? Yeah, I played center. It's so not the it, most important position, but it's like. If he's not smart, good luck. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing with this guy, he's the MVP of the team. They really called him the MVP of the locker room. Like, he was, like, the leader of the locker room, mm-hmm. and, like, everybody loved him, and you know what I mean? So uh, that's exciting. But, I mean, we got, you know, Jerry Judy from Alabama, who's a star uh, wide receiver. And he's not super fast, which I know that's Cole's thing. He loves speed. But this guy, they said, like, one of the best route runners they've ever seen out of college. They can run any route on the route tree, and he does it like with great execution. So really what I think, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but what they did in Denver is say, okay, we drafted a quarterback last year. Here he is. Now he has no excuse not to succeed. He's got three or four decent wide receivers. He's got two different, two decent tight ends. We built the O-line. They drafted for what they needed to replace in the defense. It's like, okay, let's see what this guy's really made of. You know, like there's no excuses now. Uh, mm-hmm. The team's kind of rebuilt. Of course, there needs to be a maturation. Right. But uh, it's going to, I think, expose if this guy's Drew Locks really, really worth the hype, which yeah. I'm excited to see. See, I, I feel is. like. I hope so. I feel like it takes offensive linemen two to three years in the NFL to really yeah. get their most. Right. Who knows? But I, some of our old line, in my opinion, some of our, our current offensive line is so bad that oh, some of these yeah. high O line draft picks are already plug and play out of college yeah. better than they are, you know? Yeah. yeah. Draft picks can be so finicky, though. You know what I mean? Like, you might get a great one high, but then you might get an amazing one low, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's just kind of, sure. you know, it's just so hard to know what you're getting. And stuff, but I hope it. I hope it works out. It looks like it will, and yeah. uh, I'm excited to see, especially that tight end quarterback relationship there. I love stuff like that. So 
Yeah, uh, that'll be cool. They they were like best friends in college. Now they're on the same NFL team, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, that's like a dream come true, you know? Yeah. That's a Cinderella story in the making, if it pans out. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see. Oh, I saw this something the other day with what you were saying, Chris. Um, 14 first pick – first – okay. So 14 number one draft picks are in the Hall of Fame. 17 undrafted free agents are in the Hall of Fame. What? Yeah, so there's more undrafted – people who didn't That's get drafted awesome. by anybody, more of them than the number one pick. I did not know that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. It's like you have to have this drive from not being drafted to be the greatest. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it's almost to the point where, like, I wouldn't want to even go in the first round. Right. If if I'm, like, a quarterback or something, especially, you know? Like, there's just too much pressure. Like, I feel bad for Joe Burrow. Right. You know, like— He can't fill those shoes. You know what I mean? No, everybody expects him to be Superman, go into the Bengals who are trash, and turn everything around. And maybe, I mean, I doubt he could do it, but still, like, it's just a tough spot to be in. Right, yeah. No, it is. That's super tough. And, you know, there have been quarterbacks who have done a decent job, but it's taken years. You know, like, it, it's like there's some maturity that has to take place, you know. But I hope he's yeah. one of those that can do it. You know, I think that would be fun to watch. And I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a first-round pick at quarterback go and impress us, you know? Um, like, imagine if Mariota and uh, Jameis Winston got to be, like, the rivals everyone expected them to be, you yeah, know? Yeah. And if they had gotten to develop and be those, like, you know. Now they're both backups. Right, exactly. Crazy. And it's like, wow, thanks, guys. Really disappointed us. Um you know, so hopefully Tua and uh, Tua and Burrow—that's his name. Burrow. Hopefully Tua and Burrow can be the uh, superstars that we all want them to be, and everything. And Herbert, just and Herbert, Herbert. yeah. First round too. And this was kind of like the big shocker for me. Love. Don't forget about love. Everybody needs a little love in their life. Well, um. Matt LaFleur decided he needed a little more love in his life, and so he drafted Ooh. some love. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting to see, you know, because Aaron Rodgers is, like, great. And I, I don't know. It's just interesting to see, you know. It's like, hey, wait, we didn't expect this guy to be on the table maybe still? or I don't know what happened there. But, Did they diss Aaron Rodgers? Not only by drafting Love, who's a quarterback, up-and-coming quarterback, but also by not getting Rodgers a bunch of weapons, which is everybody what everybody said he needed. Right. Was that a diss to Aaron Rodgers, or is that just overblown? That's what they do. That's what they did to Brett Favre with Rodgers, right? Same predicament. Right. So he can't really be mad. Yeah, and it's not like he's going to beat Aaron Rodgers out for the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody else made a good point. When Aaron Rodgers is injured— the Packers are garbage. Yeah. Like I, I even saw, it was a while ago, and I may have even brought this up before in this podcast, like toward the beginning, first couple episodes. No, you it did. Was, it was like a little stat thing. And like, um, some, uh, Tom Brady was out for like the same amount as Aaron Rodgers one year. And the Patriots still won like 16 games or something crazy like that in that amount of time. And the Packers won like five. Right. You know, like, it was just night and day difference just yeah. by missing the quarterback. Which is the Patriots take at quarterback? They didn't. Like, in any round? L- no, last year they picked up a guy named Stidham, and th- he's presumably going to be the starter. Yeah, they didn't pick up any quarterback, which was a big shock to me. That was honestly a bigger shock to me than the fact that the Packers did draft a quarterback almost just because, like, I just knew they were going to pick up a quarterback late in the draft, like they did Tom Brady. Like, I just expected them to pick up, like, I expected them to, like, take a shot at a Tom Brady situation again, and they didn't. But maybe they did last year in preparation for this. You know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe. Um, And even, uh, like, that's just not Belichick style. His first pick, first round, guy went to a school I've never heard of before in my life, D3 school, gets picked up in the first round. What's going on here? That's what I was saying. What's going on here? Is the He's dog making the picks for him? What's happening? <laughs> it's um, just a mastermind. 
And maybe it was in the first round. Their first pick, whoever he was, yeah. went to some school I've never heard of. I don't think they round. had a pick in the they first round. They traded out of it. They traded out of the first round, and then their first pick was on some guy from some school yeah. I've never heard of in my life, which is fine. It's just interesting. Callens, you, you expect him to be freaking out because his Hall of Fame quarterback just left. And instead of freaking out, he's just like, oh, I don't need a first-round pick. It's whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. What a what a weird weird decision. But Colin Coward, I don't know if you guys listen to him. He's on Fox Sports, um, not a sponsor. He has this interesting theory that the Patriots are somewhat intentionally tanking so that they can draft Trevor Lawrence, the uh, quarterback for the Clemson Tigers, who's like never lost a game in his whole football career from Pee Wee to college, or he's like lost like two games that whole time. Really? They're gonna draft him, so it's almost like they like how the Miami Dolphins were tanking for Tua. So Colin Coward's whole theory is that uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are so in love with Trevor Lawrence that they're like just wanting to make sure that next year they can be early in the first round or trade up to the first round to take them. And that's part of Colin Coward's whole point. Um, the Patriots this season got rid of a bunch of people. And instead of trading player for player, they accumulated an insane amount of draft picks mm. between this year and next year. So what Colin's point is, is they're going to work up, a, if they're not in the top spot to take Trevor Lawrence, they're going to work up a package and trade away like five draft picks plus a couple players uh, to get, you know, somewhere in the top five to take this Trevor Lawrence guy. Whether or not that happens, we'll see. But it might be that Belichick, doesn't mind if he goes 214 for a year and then is able to rebuild is able to rebuild with the quarterback of his dreams it really doesn't matter i just don't see bill belichick doing that any other coach i could see it i just don't see him doing it right like he's such a competitor like it's hard for me to imagine him tanking on purpose but at the same time i do kind of expect the patriots to be bad yeah but he is also shrewd and he doesn't mind thinking long term that's you know, true. like, is he, if that's the nature of the game now, where you where you don't mind being bad for a year, if you have a cemented fan base and everybody expects you to be bad anyway, why not ride it to the bottom and get the best player next year? Here's yeah. one theory. And Bill Belichick is the guy to not care. But what happens if they go 2-14? and 14, Bill Belichick, or not Bill Belichick, Tom Brady is going to think he's just so amazing. Yeah. And this whole story of who made who greater is going to – everybody's going to be just saying, okay, Tom Brady made Bill Belichick. So Bill Belichick's not that he has pride, but if he does have pride, he does not want that story to come out. I could see that. But another thing, too, is people think, oh, Tom Brady was great. Bill Belichick's a genius. Like that whole narrative to me is messed up. Bill Belichick got lucky. Tom Brady's great because of his work ethic. You know, how did, like, did he know that his work ethic was one of a kind? Maybe. Uh, but the fact that you got some six-rounder and he ended up being great, like, that's not necessarily Bill Bellet. That's not to his praise. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to think that he only picks late quarterbacks and somehow turns them into magicians, I don't think is true. Like, he's a defensive guy. You know, like, yeah. he's the defensive coordinator. I think he got lucky with Tom Brady. And I don't think it's with, you know, it's not out. It wouldn't be out of his nature to pick up a good quarterback early in the draft, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. Like, I, I can see where you could say that it's luck, but I do think, especially as I've seen the Titans with John Robinson, like, there's a difference between having a good GM and someone, like, who knows what they're doing and someone who doesn't know what they're doing, you know? And, like, I, I feel like you can say the same thing, uh, just through watching people pick teams. And, like, I don't feel like it was a matter of luck that Tom Brady got picked by Belichick, you know, and that, like, he had the opportunity to go and do good. Like, I think Belichick knew he was getting a good quarterback when he drafted Tom Brady, you know? Um, like, In I don't a know. Way, but there's no way. Like, people – I'm not saying you do this. People make it seem like Belichick looked at scrawny – uh, six-round pick, Michigan backup Tom Brady, and knew that he was going to be the GOAT. Right. I, and I agree with you. Like, There's no yeah. way he knew that he was going to be the GOAT. But like, I do think that it's possible that he was able to look at his work ethic and say, 
This dude might turn out to be pretty round. good. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my thing. Bill Belichick isn't – does the Patriots have six Super Bowl wins in the last 20 years because of Tom Brady or because of Bill Belichick? That's the argument. And if the Patriots go 2-12 and 12 next year, that argument is definitely going to be cited in favor of, well, they had Tom Brady. And so that was the whole argument. People are speculating that that's why Tom Brady left is he wants to make his own um, – name for himself and not living in this, well, you had the greatest coach of all time beside you. And Bill Belichick's known for taking quote-unquote bad players and making them good. So that's the whole thing with me is, is he going to tank for that? If he does, he is a genius. I don't know if he will. I, I hope he does kind of because it would be cool. But. I could see him doing it because, listen, if that's the argument and you're worried about that coming back to you, you don't mind going 214 and everybody saying that Tom Brady was the reason they won for one season and then coming back and winning two more Super Bowls and settling it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you think long term more than just what are they going to say for the next 12 months? Yeah. But I bet he's not even doesn't care about any of it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. For sure. And I don't, I don't And his thing isn't I make bad players good. His thing is I see talent where nobody else does. Is you know that like I mean? his punchline? Because you may I, – I don't know what his – No, no. I'm just oh, saying okay. that's his thing. It's not like, oh, this guy's a bad player. This guy's a good player. Just you've never heard of him. And maybe you don't see his strengths, but I do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think his We're thing is winning, though. Like, I think he has a thing for winning, whether that's in the draft class or whether that's on, like, on the field. You know? And I, I don't know. Like, I think – while I think that they won't be as dominant – like, I do think that they will win games, you know? Oh, they'll win games. I'm just saying, trying to solve, why didn't they Why didn't they try to do something? Why did they trade away their first-round pick? Why didn't they get a quarterback in free agency? Why didn't they? I'm saying one explanation is, hey, yeah. we'll take the hit, ride out Stidham. Maybe he's good. If he's not, we'll be 4-12, and 12 and we'll have enough draft. Yeah. Uh, we'll have enough draft collateral to trade up and get this guy who's supposed to be like a generational talent. I like it. I do like it. It's a good conspiracy theory. Hardcore, man. Hardcore. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to see how Tom Brady and the Bucks do too, though. Like, they are set up to go to the Super Bowl. No doubts about it. No see, doubts about it. Like, they are... They're going to be good. Yeah, I'm no, not they are going to be good. I don't buy it. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And I respect Tom Brady. Y'all know this. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever play. I don't believe in these dream teams. I've seen it. Look at the Browns last year. I'm not buying it. I'm just not. I think you need you need a Tannehill situation. And what I mean by that is Tannehill is only successful at the Titans. You put him anywhere else, and I'm not sure it's going to happen. Yeah, I think Tom well, Brady has a little bit of that with the Patriots. And what you have you what you have in Ryan Tannehill is you have an undrafted free agent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have someone who everyone has kind of counted out and all of a sudden has come out and is like proved, Hey guys, look, I can still play. Like I'm actually still pretty good if you put me on a decent team, you know? And that's how Tom Brady started out. But now he's going to the bucks as the number one overall pick, you know, like he is now like got, he has to continue to prove that he is the goat and he's got all the weapons to do it. But boy, oh boy, is the pressure on. I think they'll be average. That's my They won't be. Prediction. They won't be. Here's the thing. And I'm not trying to roast you. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, when I turn my TV on Sunday, the Bucks game is the only one I can watch. Right? Yeah. And they were 7-9 and nine last year and a game away from making the playoffs. They were average last year with Mr. 30 picks a season. Like, that's the yeah. thing that I feel like people are forgetting about. They've already been average. Yeah, with okay. a guy who cannot okay. play quarterback, you. you know what I mean? So when you plug in the GOAT and surround him, you get his buddy in from New England. You you already have two of the top 20 wide receivers in the league. Uh, and now, like, you have an opportunity. They still have a top 10 defense. They still, you know what I mean? Like, okay. now, are they going to go to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Yes. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> but they're definitely going to be going to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. When you when you give me, give that spin on it, I see where you're coming from. I'll go back from they're going to be average. I'm going to say they go about ten and six. They enter the playoffs as a wild card, 
or as a, what would it be, number three seed, number four seed. Yeah. And then they lose the first or second playoff game. That would be my prediction. So I think we're, we're, we're similar. I'm just saying I don't think Tom Brady's as good on the Bucks, near as good as he is on the Patriots. Just like Tannehill is – Tannehill is built for play action style offense. Say what yeah. you want. I believe that. I don't think Tannehill has success somewhere else like he does at the Titans. That's kind of what I'm saying. I don't think Tannehill has as much success without Derrick Henry. Like, I think, like, you just replace the running back, and I think that success could be up in the balance, depending on – I mean, if the running back is, you know, next level and, you know, we replace him with Derrick Henry 2.0, you know, someone who's going to be as good, okay, yeah, maybe. But I think it's going to take a high-quality running back. Let let me add to that. Derrick Henry isn't as good without Tannehill either. Like, yeah. I don't buy the whole Derrick, Hill put, Derrick Henry put him on their back, like – Tannehill's play-action game was so good that it elevated Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry elevated him. Absolutely, right. yeah, absolutely. They yeah. they would pass to they would pass to set up the run, mm-hmm. which if you have a quarterback that can't throw, that you can't do that. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that. No, that's a good point though. But he did kind of flop in that last game, man. He did, he in my opinion. <laughs> But the Not run game Henry, was stopped. Tannehill. Yeah, the yeah. run game was stopped. Um, but Tannehill definitely, to Chris's point, in the playoffs, it was the Derrick Henry show. It was. See, that last game, one player flopped. And it was that Milton boy. Uh, and if that was inappropriate the, for me to the, say, the, cut that out. And if it was fine for me to say, then just cut out this part about me cutting things out. But whoever that cornerback was who was trying to strip the ball out of Mahomes' hands instead of tackling him, when Mahomes carried him into the end zone, that was was the problem. That's not the problem, though. Oh, absolutely. You guys were up 17 at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah, until they scored. No, look, they scored, though. That was right before halftime. They were getting the ball after halftime. He carries that boy into the end zone while he's trying to strip the ball away. And he they score a touchdown there to either, like, tie it or to get within one score. And then they come out immediately after halftime. And just, so you're saying the momentum of that one score was so big really, that... Yes, absolutely. It definitely helped his confidence. He controlled the game up to that point. <laughs> yeah. But he also Definitely broke like Patrick four tackles out. that play. It wasn't yeah. just him, but he could have put an end to it. I see what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, that was the main tackle that he broke, though. And it's because homeboy was. Well, there was one at the beginning of the play, and I don't, you know, I haven't seen the footage in a while. It could be off. Where a guy totally could have got him. Yeah. Because it still looked like he was still trying to throw, and he was going to go for the swat instead of the sack. Um, and then he yeah. took off, and it was like, bro. That's what was so frustrating to me. That's the part that was frustrating to me. Like, after he, like, because after you get past the defensive tackle, okay, like, do I expect the cornerback to make the clutch tackle? Uh, Maybe, Uh, you know what I mean? But, like, when you have the linebackers and the line there, that's the thing. That's their job. I think a lot of my cornerbacks, personally. You know what this leads me to? I absolutely. I don't expect <laughs> cornerbacks to make open field tackles on on quarterbacks. I really don't. Oh, I absolutely do. Absolutely. But I don't. Unless his name is Butler Lamar Jackson. There, the boy would have fumbled, and we would have won the game, and we would have won. There's the a reason why I don't put quarter cornerbacks on the D line or as linebacker that but, often. But we I don't do expect like, a corner to tackle a running back, but a quarterback absolutely destroy okay, him yeah. unless he's Lamar Jackson. But Mahomes, Mahomes isn't Nick Foles, okay? Like he's an amazing runner. He's yeah, a, he an athlete. He he's sneaky good with the run game, but I I don't know if I'd call him amazing. Yeah, he's a good runner. It, it's because of how sneaky it is that he is amazing. I don't know. I but it'll. I'm excited to see how it all shapes up. How the 2021 NFL season, or I guess it's the 2020 NFL season. The first virtual 2020 NFL season. Okay, first off, that's that presents a good question for us. Is the NFL season going to happen, yes or no? It's going to happen on Madden. Virtual, baby. 
I think it is going to happen for sure. The question is, will there be fans in the stands? That's really the only question. Um, like South Korea brought all their sports back, just no fans attend. It's just televised. And the players are tested regularly, and they just go about their business. You know, I think they're going to be there and they're going to play. Whether or not there's fans in the stands, I think that's that's really the question. Personally. But I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I, I could get behind something like that. I hope it happens. I'm not sure yet. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, especially as places start to reopen. Um, I hope it happens, but I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen on Madden, but that's just uh, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Bold prediction: Titans, Bucks, Super Bowl could happen. That would be that would be fire. I hope that happens. That would be cool, yeah. man. I'm going with Isaiah Simmons, NFL Rookie of the Year. Or not Rookie, um, Defensive Rookie of the Year. My uh, hot take is Jalen Hurts, drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in the second round of this draft, will be the MVP of the league in less than five years. Wow. Write that down somewhere so we can remember to see if it's actually true. I, I got I got it written down. We're, we're gonna have to stick me to it. Oh man, put a uh, create an event in your calendar five years out. Five years from now, 2025. Yeah, I've got a bet with my dad about something along those lines <laughs> that, that's gonna pop up in my uh, in my newsfeed. Uh, something about whether or not a business is gonna be open. So, not newsfeed, calendar feed calendar feed that's not a thing it's gonna pop up in my calendar your calendar yeah there we go okay so cool yeah i think it's gonna be a good season though i'm excited to see i think the browns could actually be as good as we thought they were gonna be last year i think they'll make it maybe to the playoffs don't think they're actually gonna make it deep in the playoffs but i think they could be like a wild card or something like that you know um which is cool because for so long they were pretty bad i think the dolphins are gonna be bad again and I think the Bengals are going to be bad again, probably. But um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see the Dolphins be bad again. And I will say this about my prediction uh, regarding the Titans and Bucks in the Super Bowl. Do you see the irony in that? Like, Mariota, Jameis Winston, like we expected them to be great rivals playing in Super Bowls against each other. And then instead now that they're gone, yeah, exactly. Like that would be so ironic, so great, uh, so exciting to see. But um, I don't know if it'll happen or not. But I, I hope it does. You know, it would be fun. It would be fun for our podcast too, with Forrest being a Buck fan and you and me, Cole, being uh, Titans fans. So, but one thing's for sure, we're not fortune tellers here at Faith Football Friends. So we just talk a little bit about faith, a little bit about football, and a little bit about our friendship. We hope that you enjoyed listening. We look forward to the NFL season and seeing all these drafted players play out in the NFL and see how they uh, pan out. And it's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Faith Football Friends. We hope you'll give us a positive review on Facebook and share the podcast with a friend. Thanks. Thanks.